in Ephesians chapter 6. We'll be uh, studying today verses 18 through 20. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And Father, again, we thank you for your word We pray that by your word today, you would transform our lives. Give us your Holy Spirit and speak to us clearly. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, of course, we continue our study through the book of Ephesians. After today, we have just one more study in Ephesians, believe it or not. Um, Been about 10 months of this study in Ephesians. Uh, It's been a real blessed time, and that will be two weeks from now that we'll finish. As I said, my dad will be teaching next Sunday. Uh, But as we we journey through Ephesians, here in these last few weeks, we've been studying uh, the armor of God. We've talked about the reality of the spiritual warfare that is upon us, and how God prepares us for the, the battle that is so real. And further, God, beyond just preparing us, he equips us with his armor. And last week, we studied very specifically the various pieces of the armor of God, his armor, not just some nice spiritual armor, but God's actual armor that he puts on us and he equips us with. And now this week, we get into how we use God's armor. Starting with this word here of praying always in all prayer. Now, now that's, we're picking up in the middle of a sentence, right? If you weren't with us last week, you're like, this doesn't add up so well. But we, take, we back up just for a moment and say, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always. So this is a part of our use, right? We're taking up the helmet of salvation. We're taking up the sword of the Spirit. This is protecting our minds and guarding our minds and working out our salvation. And and further than taking up the sword is truly our only weapon. But now, in addition to that use of the armor, right, the Word of God, and digging deep into the Word of God and how essential that is, and we had a memory verse last week. I pray you all memorized it. I'll quiz you after service. You get a piece of candy in the parking lot. I'm just kidding. Uh, Um, that's for Sunday school, that's not for here. But no, really, we want to emphasize memorizing Scripture and how important that is. And now right along with that, as we memorize Scripture and we have our sharpened sword, we also need to pray. It's essential. It is part of Christian living. It's one of the most essential parts of Christian living that so often gets overlooked. We think, oh, I gotta read my Bible. I know, yeah, I gotta do it. And we, we don't do that so much, do we? But we gotta pray and we got all these things and we, we try to live out life and we try to figure things out, but we so often just don't bring God into the conversation. And that's essentially, basically what prayer is. Just bringing God into the conversation. But we have so many things that we do without bringing God into the conversation. But here Paul, Paul says, praying always. This is part of our use of the armor. And it is the key 
to using the armor of God. Of course, we established that through relationship with Jesus, walking by faith, drawing near to God in his word are all parts of using the armor as well. But prayer is a key method that Paul draws some extra attention to and is probably the most overlooked. Do we realize what we have in prayer? Do we realize that we have the blessing? of calling upon the creator of the heavens and the earth. Uh, We have the blessing of calling upon the savior of the world. Yet what do we do first most of the time? Let me look it up. We talk to a machine. We type in a, a Google search. And we think, oh, I've got a problem. I've got to figure something out. Let me look. Let me, let me seek out help. We have the savior of the world. We have the one who spoke the earth into existence. Yet we want to hear from all the other minds that are out there. All the other intellect that's out there. We have Jesus. Now here's the key now to this passage. We're talking about how the battle is real. Spiritual battle, right? Spiritual warfare. It is so real and prayer is how we enter the battle. That's how we engage, right? We, we, we have the armor and we could put on the armor and we could kind of stand there in the armor and hope that we're gonna be protected, right, from the attacks. And we have the shield that's gonna stop the darts from being destructive, but yet... Prayer is how we actually engage ourselves in the battle. Now, this word for prayer here is translated as a prayer of devotion or dedication, challenging us on our prayer life. The term here gives the idea of prayer upon prayer, or the reality is that we're talking about all types of prayer, in all different places, in all different opportunities. Truly, it's prayer at all times. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All sorts of prayer in all sorts of opportunities. That's what Paul is saying, a simple word of praying always is saying all of that, all sorts of prayer and all sorts of opportunities. We can and we should pray all the time. To truly pray without ceasing is to be in communion, in communication with God constantly. I pray that some of you are praying right now. I'm praying that you're praying and then you could pray that I'm praying and we're all praying. But that's the reality. What do do we do? We show up to church, are we just, okay, now it's time for me to be blessed and encouraged, or are we praying? Guys, there are some people who are here right now with us that there are walls up in their lives. There's major battle going on, and they need prayer. Maybe you're one of them, and you need prayer. You need to be praying that God would tear down the walls. We need to pray all day. 
Pray in all places. Waking up in the morning, pray. I don't know about you guys, most often when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, let me turn on the hot water so I can make my coffee. That's number one. That's where we go to first, though, is all the other things. But we can be praying. Wake up in the morning and pray. At work, you could be in prayer. Now, I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, okay? Where you're like, hey, your boss comes in, what are you doing? And you're like on your knees praying. And like, you have to do your job, right? But you can be in constant conversation with the Lord, praying and asking for his leading in everything that you're doing. While you're driving, this is a great time to pray, especially around here. We need prayer for protection on these roads. We need prayer for the other people that are driving around us on these roads. But you know, we, also, we need to be offering up prayer of praise and thanksgiving. Jesus gives an example. He says, when you pray, pray this way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He sets the example to first give praise, to pray prayers of praise and thanksgiving, to pray prayers of adoration and honor for who God is, for all that he's done, for his character. God is amazing. I've said it before, right? He's the creator of the world. He's the savior of the world. And so let's start there. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the resurrection. Those are some good starting points. We praise God for who he is and what he's done. And and these are essential parts of prayer. And you know what we can remember, and we talked about it last week, that the fact we have breath in our lungs is a gift from God. And so what do we do with it? We can pray a prayer of praise, of adoration, of honor to the one who's given us that breath in our lungs. In all the things that we do, we should be praying. We should be praying for how we do the things that we do. Maybe you're texting, you're scrolling, you're posting something out for the whole world to see. How many times have you prayed about the words that you communicate via text or a social media post? We hide behind those things, actually. We think, oh, it's fine, and we just say things, and it's like passive-aggressive, and we don't care what damage it causes. And we start battles of flesh and blood when we do that, don't we? We start battles of flesh and blood on on the internet or via text message or email and all these different things, right? But pray. Pray uh, over your interactions with each other. Pray for the person that you're going to be interacting with. Maybe that's what they need in that moment. Maybe your negative interaction with that person is because they're in a rough place. They just need some prayer rather than our passive-aggressive statement. Pray over your words that come out. 
pray for one another. Prayer is essential to Christian living, and we need to take it seriously because we truly fight the battle on our knees. You see, we've talked about for the last two weeks fighting from the position of victory. The position of victory is on our knees. And it's only under the influence of Jesus Christ himself that we can be victorious on our knees. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can be victorious on our knees. Because in any other battle that you could imagine, you're not gonna win by being on your knees. Any flesh and blood battle, right? Then we've talked about it. We do not battle against flesh and blood. But if you are in any flesh and blood battle, you don't wanna be on your knees. You're gonna lose, That's not a a position of authority, right? That's a position of vulnerability. And it's only under the power of the Holy Spirit that we are in a place of victory when we are in that position of vulnerability. When we worship, we lift our hands in praise. Why? Because we're so vulnerable. We are making ourselves vulnerable before the Lord. Here I am. On our knees is a place of vulnerability, surrender. And it's only by the power of the Spirit that we can, have, we can be in a position of victory on our knees. Further, prayer builds up spiritual strength. Now, this goes back to our study from a couple weeks ago. And see, it all kind of points us back to prayer. This is how we enter the battle is on our knees. And so this builds up strength because it builds up faith. And it engages us in the battle. Therefore, prayer engages God's armor. It's like prayer is like hitting the button and the armor is on and it's ready to go. This is how we use the armor. In prayer, we battle. We battle wandering thoughts. We battle wicked thoughts and we battle worldly thoughts. When we get on our knees in surrender and in prayer, we see God influence our thoughts and our minds and the things that that come out of us. Truly, prayer enables us to set our mind on things above. And prayer draws us near to God. In Psalm 73, it says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. This is is the words of Asaph in this prayer, truly, of looking at the wickedness of the world and wondering, why do they prosper? What about me? He says, until I entered the sanctuary of God, Then he saw their ruin. He saw that the battle was spiritual. And here at the end of that psalm, he says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all your works. Simply put, guys, prayer is good. And prayer is needed. So through it, we can draw near to God. 
Further, Paul, he goes on here and he talks about supplication. Now, we haven't talked about that yet. And this supplication is the idea of a petition for specific needs for me, right? And for others and the specific needs of people around us. We see, we start with just this prayer and conversation and fellowship with God, and then out of that comes the requests. Now, oftentimes, though, we'll treat our prayer time like it's all about supplication, and we'll enter right into prayer with our long list of requests before the Lord and just kind of say, here, take care of it. But see, God wants fellowship with us. And so we enter into fellowship with God through prayer, and then out of that prayer and that fellowship with God, we have easier conversation with God. And in that easy conversation with God, we're able to continue in in offering these requests and making them known because he desires that we make them known. There's room for making requests before God. In fact, God wants to hear our requests. Again, we talk about how the creator of the universe, the savior of the world, we have the ability and the blessing of calling upon him. But further, guys, he wants to hear from us. Yesterday, I was talking with my oldest daughter, Hannah, and she had something she wanted to get out of the top of her closet. And in order to get to the top of her closet, she has to climb up the shelves of her closet. And she couldn't get it. And it was something big and heavy. I'm like, what are you thinking? You can't do it. She's like, I know, but I figured I'd try. I'm like, well, just ask me. I'm your dad. I want you to. She's like, well, you were busy. You were outside doing Christmas lights, you know. I'm like, but I'm your dad. I want to know what your request is. I want to know what your need is. And it it was a beautiful moment that I was able to share that with her. Like, I really care about what you care about. So call upon me and say, hey, could you help me? And you know what? It would have taken just a minute for me to take this down from the, the top of her closet. You see, and that's in such a larger scale, the perspective of our Father in heaven who says, I love you so much. Why don't you just tell me what you need? Why are you trying to climb the shelves on your own? You're going to fall. You're going to get hurt. Something's going to fall on top of you. It could cause damage. That's what we do when we neglect our prayer life. We cause damage because we're trying to climb the shelves. We're trying to pull things down. We're trying to move things out of the way. But our father says, I love you. I want to hear from you. I want you to tell me what you need. Now, he's also going to tell us what we need. He's also going to influence what we need. We'll get into that in a few moments here. But in Philippians, Paul writes as well. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let God hear your heart. Let God hear your anxieties. Let God hear your pain. Let God hear your struggles. He knows 
right? He's all-knowing. He knows what's going on. He knows what your greatest struggles are. He knows what your difficulties are. He knows what your pain is. But he says, just tell me. Ask for my help. He knows, but he wants us to call on him because it builds the relationship. Let him know of your desperation. If we let God know of all of these things, we we say, God, I just, here you go. This is what I need. Then what he can do is bring us peace. Peace. If we're trying to climb the shelves and do it on our own, we're not bringing peace. We're actually bringing more chaos. We're causing more damage. But he wants to bring peace. And that peace comes through just the fellowship, the prayer upon prayer. That communication, open communication with the Lord. Now further it says that this is a, a prayer in or a supplication in the spirit so now we're talking about how he influences us by the holy spirit we're allow, we need to allow the holy spirit to direct our prayer life and we need to allow the holy spirit to direct our needs delight yourself in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart That doesn't mean you just, you know, God's like a genie in a bottle or you got that magic lamp and you're like, okay, I delight myself in the Lord and then he's gonna give me the desire, whatever I want. That's not what what the psalm is talking about. The psalm, similar to this word here from Paul, is saying, hey, if we are praying in the spirit, we are in line with the will of God and as we delight ourselves in the Lord, then the desires of our heart are going to be in line with the desires of God's heart, and we're going to desire for godly things. We're going to actually desire for more fellowship with him. In fact, we're going to realize that our greatest need is just more of Jesus. And the more time we spend with him, the more we realize that I need more of him. We need the We need to pray in the spirit that we're not just praying what comes to mind. Sometimes we go into our time of prayer and we just try to think, what what do I need to pray for? I need to pray for that person or that person. I need to pray for this thing or that thing. But we need to pray in the spirit. We, We should invite the Holy Spirit to come into our prayer time. That as we're praying, it is a spirit-filled and spirit-led prayer time. And through such a prayer time, we encounter intimacy with Jesus. You see, that's what it all comes back to. Further, he says here, Paul says, to be watchful. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. We're to be watchful. And this phrase here translates to lying sleepless. We don't like that. Wait, Paul is saying that we're supposed to lie sleepless? What Paul is saying is much like Jesus said to the disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane. Watch and pray. 
And what were the disciples doing? They were sleeping. You see, it hasn't changed much over time, has it? We're told to watch and pray. We're told actually to lie sleepless. But we're like the disciples and we start dozing off. Watchful prayer. And Jesus said to them, pray lest, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Jesus knew the spiritual battle, the spiritual implications that were coming upon them. And he said, you guys need prayer. You need to be prepared for the battle because the temptation is gonna be right in front of you. But watchful prayer prevents us from temptation. It fills up our time. It fills up our minds. So Paul is telling us to lie sleepless and watch and pray. Because the enemy is real. Because the battle is real. Because, as Paul already said here in Ephesians 5, the days are evil. We aren't to take this battle lightly. In fact, the battle should keep us awake at night. That's what Paul is saying. Hey, this is so real, and this battle is intimidating. In fact, it should keep you awake at night. And when you're awake at night, you need to watch and pray. Romans chapter 13, it says, for it is high time to awake out of sleep. Wake up and stay awake because the days are evil because the devil never gives up. He's tireless, he's persistent, he's resourceful, and as we've established through our studies here, he's organized. He's got an organized attack, so we need to stay up. We need to wake up, we need to stay up, and we need to pray up. In the sleepless nights, let us pray. Take sleeplessness as a God-given opportunity to draw near to him. Going back a couple months, I was struggling. I, I, was, I was having a lot of sleepless nights. And it was this weird in-between where I just wasn't entering into deep sleep. I wasn't getting that recovery sleep for like two months. It was a rough time. And I remember saying, I'm like, I wish I could just be awake and not in this weird, like, napping stage all night long. Because if I could just be awake, then I could just be praying. But that's what we need. We need to recognize in this sleeplessness, it is a God-given opportunity. When everybody else is quiet and everybody else is asleep, the spiritual battle is not quiet. The enemy is not asleep. So it's an opportunity for us to enter into the battle. It's an opportunity for us to draw near to God. And what do we pray for? He says to pray for all the saints. You guys realize that a soldier doesn't battle alone? And a soldier doesn't battle for themselves. I mean, we're talking about spiritual battle. We're talking about war, an all-out war. Don't fight alone. And don't just fight for yourself. 
Fight for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Pray for those who are persecuted. Pray for the people around you. Look around the room. Do you know how much hurt, how much pain and suffering is going on right here in the hundreds of people that are surrounding you? Start praying for others in your sleeplessness. And I'm sure many of you are sleepless at night at various times. In those times, draw near to God. In those times, use the opportunity and pray for the people around you. Pray for the body of Christ. Pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Further, verse 19, Paul says, hey, and pray for me. Pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So Paul's saying, hey, in your sleeplessness, pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ. Also in your sleeplessness, pray for me because I need it. Paul requests prayer because he needs it, and and he doesn't have it all figured out. I, I, I love when we get to see these great men and women of faith in the Bible and find out that they're human. We can look at Paul and we can think, man, he had it all figured out. But Paul says, hey, I need prayer. I don't have it all figured out. And I can say to you guys, hey, I'm your pastor. I need prayer. We joke around, sometimes some of you guys joke around like, oh, you've got a direct line, right? I need prayer just like you need prayer. We're people, every single one of us. We're in the same place. We're sinners saved by grace and we need prayer. Please pray for me. As Paul says to to the, the church of Ephesus, pray for me. I'm asking you, Cornerstone Church, pray for me. I'll make that request known to you. The reality is we all need prayer. As Paul makes it known, he needs it. And Paul doesn't have just a general request, but a specific request. And there's many things he could have asked for. Remember, he was in chains. He could have asked for some deliverance. Hey, guys, pray that I get set free. It's pretty rough. But he prayed for boldness. He prayed for boldness that the gospel would go forth. He prayed for a word from the Lord and not of himself. This is Paul who was very well educated and had the ability to, on his own understanding and in his own mind, be able to defend himself and to speak boldly out of his intellect. But he says, no, I pray that utterance may be given to me from God above. I pray that, that, that it wouldn't be any words that I have to offer, but what God would speak through me and that the gospel would go forth in boldness, that the gospel would go forth clearly, that the gospel would go forth fearlessly in the face of adversity, that the gospel would go forth effectively. That was his prayer. Paul had an upcoming defense to give before Caesar. But he didn't ask that Caesar, hey, pray that Caesar would set me free. 
pray that I might find favor in the eyes of Caesar. He says, no, pray that I might be bold in the face of Caesar, that the gospel would be proclaimed in boldness. That the truth would go forth. And why? Why would Paul pray this? That, I might, that this utterance may be given to me, that I might open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Why wouldn't he pray for deliverance? Because he knew his place. You see, we kind of set forth into this passage, these passages here on spiritual warfare and on putting on this armor, and we started, we back up, we started with Submission. Submitting to one another, submission in marriage, submission in the home, children unto parents, and submission in the workplace, slaves to masters. And now after we talk about submission and recognizing, truly recognizing this is all about submission to God and knowing our place, Paul is right in line with that as he says it. Pray for my boldness. Pray for God's words to come forth out of my mouth. Why? Because Paul was submitted to God. Because Paul knew his place. Because Paul says it here in verse 20. He's an ambassador. He says, for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. An ambassador is a representative Somebody sends an ambassador, they're a representative who is submitted to the will of the master who sent them. On special occasions, an ambassador would wear gold around their neck and on their wrists to show and to represent the power and the wealth and the riches of the one who sent them. Paul, in chains, Paul would consider his prison chains as glorious adornment as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. These chains are a representation of the one who sent him. He's an ambassador in chains to the gospel. He is bound to the gospel. Everything about Paul is to proclaim the gospel. This is truly, every one of us, we are ambassadors for Christ. That is what we're called to be. We bear the name of Christ. We are to represent Christ. And we are bound to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're bound to the good news, and so whatever we do in word or deed, we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, Paul was interested in representing Christ well, as we should be. That should be our prayer. So often we'll ask each other, hey, what do you need prayer for? I'm like, oh man, I got this ache, I've got this bad shoulder, I've got this bad knee, I'm not sleeping at night, or I've got this going on, my kids are acting up, or whatever it might be that we need prayer for. I lost my job, or this and that. But how often is our prayer, I want to represent Christ well. 
I want to be the best ambassador that I can be. I want to be so bound to the gospel that the words that come out of my mouth are just going to glorify Christ and point people to Christ. Paul's request was that he would represent Christ well. Would we be so dedicated to what God has called us to that we're more concerned about our commitment to Christ and our commitment to the gospel than we are about our own comfort and well-being? That's, that's a tough prayer to pray because we'll oftentimes pray like, Lord, I need some help. I need the roof over my head. I need the groceries on the table. I need to be set free from the chains. I need deliverance. I, need, I, have, I have problems I need help with. But in the midst of that, would we welcome a little bit of that pain and suffering to say, through it all, I want to represent Christ well. Through it all, I want to be an ambassador that is bold in the gospel, that is bound to the gospel and committed to the gospel. He says, this is as I ought to speak. And so he's, he's talking now about his responsibility. What he's called to do. This is who I am and this is what I ought to do. This is a high calling and it's a responsibility to speak boldly the truth of the gospel. This is our calling to not just speak boldly, but to represent the gospel in who we are and what we do. In the, the workplace and in the family and in the marriage and in our submission to one another, right? It's all coming back to our place, knowing our place, which is submission to God as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. And we can wear our chains with honor, Paul's speaking of his responsibility and his prayer to have utterance from God and not from himself. And this is my prayer each and every time I come up here to the pulpit. God, give me your words. Mine are not so good. But God, give me your words to speak boldly, to proclaim the truth. And like Paul, I ask you to pray. Pray that for me. When you come to church, don't pray that I keep you awake. Don't pray that it's not too boring. Don't pray that you might be somewhat entertained. Pray that the gospel goes forth in power. We're to realize that we all have a responsibility. We have a commitment to the gospel. And we too should ask for boldness. Every single one of us should be asking for boldness and a dedication to the gospel rather than comfort or deliverance. So, this is all how we engage in the battle. How we use the armor of God. It's in prayer 
as we walk by faith and we have fellowship with God, we commit ourselves to prayer. We study the word of God. We draw close to him. We continue in prayer. Through all of it, we're, we need to be praying. Praying for dedication to the gospel, fighting from the position of victory, which is on our knees. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for the hope that you give us. We thank you for the life that you've given us. And we pray that you would lead us today. Jesus, we need you. We need more of you. Help us to realize that as we draw near to you, help us to realize that we need more of you. I pray, God, that right now you would tear down walls. That through our church, through this congregation, we might see massive change take place in each of our lives, in each of our families, our homes, in our communities because we're on our knees. We thank you for reminding us that we are victorious on our knees, submitted and surrendered to you. We love you. We trust you, God. Thank you that you never fail. 